Hello, East Glenville Community Church. This is Jessica Munn with episode 15 of So, I Have a Question. And today we're talking about Mitch's sermon from this past Sunday, which was January 23rd. Um, And this time, I'm going to start off. And so, Jessica, I have a question. Yep. I made a contention that uh, the idea, the doctrine that, that salvation is through Christ alone is the most despised doctrine. What do you, what say you, is, is that true? Would you offer another alternative or um, to, to a most despised doctrine by critics of, of the faith? Yeah, no, I, thinking it through, I think that it probably is still, it's either the top or on like paired in the top of okay. the most despised doctrine. Um, I think that, I think that it can get a little wishy-washy though, because I think a very close second um, would be Christian's general view on gay marriage. Or sexual ethics in general. Yeah. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. Sexual ethics. And I think that uh, both of the reason why, or the reason why both of those are on top is because the problem people have with it is the like, either you think, you know, everything type of, uh, mindset or also the like don't tell me how to control my life um and like i can make my own decisions and do what i think is best and so um yeah but i think that a lot of times too people don't even think about the doctrine of christianity they just think of like christian culture and they have a lot of other problems with that which um would be a different wasn't your real question yeah I do think there's been a shift because I would have said this absolutely in, in a sense, maybe in the nineties or, you know, the two thousands when I was doing a lot of youth ministry and I just would get, you'd pick up like how, how arrogant it is to believe that, you know, the only way. Yeah. And um, I don't, I think some of the, even some of the critics of Christianity have realized that that, that same argument goes back on themselves and so it's mm-hmm. there, they make that less often, but it's still there. Yeah. And I think I found that most people who have issues with Christianity, it's a lot of times they haven't even really do- dove into the doctrine. Like they're, they're not even there yet. Um, yes. They have issues with other parts of it. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I have another question. So I talked about how if we saw God in his full holiness, unmediated, it would melt our faces like Raiders of the Lost Ark (laughs) and like the Nazis at the end. Now, am I wrong to assume that you've seen that movie? Because so far, every time I bring it up a movie, you didn't see it. I have seen that movie. You have seen that one. Okay, I have. Yes. So you're familiar with the the Nazi face melt scene. Oh, yes. I might have closed my eyes during that section because I was young. but (laughs) As as you were supposed to. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. So maybe quickly explain what that means for those who didn't. Like, why were their faces melted? And is that at all a thoughtful way of thinking about it? Yeah. So the, I mean, so the, their faces were melted because they pretty much, when they opened the ark, they experienced the holiness of God um, without an intermedium. Uh, and so it was their sinfulness right against God's holiness. And so the mm-hmm. way that they depicted in the movie is face melting. Um, the yes. way it's often depicted in the Old Testament is people just die. They just kill over. So right. 
Um, and the example would be like Isaiah experienced that sinfulness in God's presence, but mm-hmm. God gave him the the temporary provision of the coal to, yeah. to, to, to cleanse him of sin so that he could handle being in God's presence. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I don't remember how that relates to my sermon now, though. Do you? Uh, I bet. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, uh, shoot. Now I, I did. It was on the tip of my tongue and now it's not there. I think it came back to the whole idea that unless Jesus gave his life to deal with our sin, there's no way we could be in God's presence. Yes, I believe and that's the right. essence of eternal life is not just some reward. It is being in God's presence and we needed some provision. And, and so that, I think that's probably where I, I brought that point up, but I, um, yeah. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Salvation through Christ alone. That would be where it was. Um. So moving through that, the, I again said there's two things that Jesus, um, two two components to the salvation. Yep. Can Can you recall what those were? And you know, so, those make sense. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it what I have, um, and assuming you, you can then confirm. Uh, so one was that only Jesus could bring salvation, which is what kind of we just already briefly mentioned, and then the other was that. Only by receiving Christ can we be led into the salvation slash God's presence. Is that yeah. so? So going to the first one, bring. Yeah. Why could only Jesus do that? Yeah. So Jesus could only do that because He is the only sufficient mediator because He's both fully God and fully man. So He can live the sinless life and act as our high priest um, and stand okay. in the gap. Whereas we, no matter what we do, can't live a sinless life yeah. and can't earn our way there. And I mean, that's, that's good answer straight out of the book of Hebrews. Um, and very true. The other thought that I just had in my, my head is, is no other person would give up their life. Like, sure. you know, hu- humans with authority, we grasp onto life and hold on to authority and, we, we get authority and power so we can tell people what to do. <laughs> Jesus is the only one who laid down his life and in the most humbling shit, you know, so mm-hmm. the cost of doing that, no one else would have paid. Yeah. And probably what we're saying is could have paid. Right. But, but also would have paid. So then the other component was that only by receiving Christ, why is that part necessary? Yeah, I mean, I always, well, the the response that immediately comes to my head, and of course, I'm not going to remember where um, in the letters this is, but it's uh, that like even the uh, demons know of Jesus's name and tremble. And yes. so like just knowing that Jesus is the one that brings salvation doesn't mean that you're accept, doesn't mean that you in your heart say that like, okay, since you are the god of the world and you have uh brought salvation i want to be a part of it and therefore you are now lord over my life um okay 
so it salvation is not a blanket that's pulled over us. Right. You know, it is something that has to be responded to received. And what I heard you say is surrender is like you're giving our life. Um, the other reason I think what we see in the, the passage in John is Jesus has said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Like mm-hmm. if you're rejecting Jesus, you're rejecting the father. Right. That's true. And so if you're not willing to receive Christ and um, there's just no way to get to God because he is God in the flesh, you're, you're saying no to both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't say yes to God, but no to Jesus, at least knowingly. Right. Being my point. Yeah. So there you go. Um, what else should we talk about? Yeah, I was going to say, um, so I had one question. Okay. Um, so, and I, I might be jumping a little ahead, but that's fine. Uh, I, I'm not sure we're on a, a standard pattern. We're just going to hit on things that interest us. Yep. Uh, so the misunderstandings about this doctrine, that salvation through Christ alone. Uh, so w- the last two were misunderstandings that pretty much Christians have. Um, and so the, the, the third one was uh, that this doctrine means that Christianity as a religion is always right and other religions are always wrong. And then the other was salvation is by subscribing or joining Christianity, Christianity as a religion. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of use this term religion there. And you almost made it seem like there's, so there's Christianity as a religion, and then there's Christianity that's something else. Can you kind of explain, like, what what those two things are? Are there distances? Because it, like, do they overlap? Yes, I will give it a shot. Um, and yes, they do overlap. So, so part of it is just comes down to, it, it doesn't say if you join Christianity, you will be saved. It says if you believe and confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, then you will be saved, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it clearly teaches about a personal direct relationship with Christ. Um, and I hesitate to use a relationship but i i can't think of another word that works yeah Um, relationship kind of has been mocked as the idea of a you know we all have our own personal jesus it's not like that it's just there has to be a a interconnection and and i think every metaphor you know jesus i'm the vine you're the branches Mm -hmm. um apart from me you're you're cut off from the vine and you're going to wither and die unless you are interwoven into me and connected to me, then, then you don't have life flowing into you. It's just, just the way it is. And so that's what it's talking about when it says salvation is through Christ alone. Um, Christianity is the organization around that. And it's, I don't in any way want to, you know, denigrate the idea of religion. Religion is necessary. The, the word religio from Latin is to tie together. We need the things of this world that tie us together as believers in Christ. We need a congregation. We need, and a congregation needs organization and leadership. And, and, but the thing is you can, you can get distracted from what the religion's for, which is connecting us to Christ 
and and forget that you know and get so focused on the the components of the religion and that's sort of what i'm getting at is i think people see the the, the visible parts of religion that people can see are not the 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 very inherent things so they're they're necessary they're needed that they're meant to help us get connected and but people can use religion the religious things as a replacement for Christ instead of to get to Christ. Mm-hmm. So that, and that's what I think Jesus is saying in Matthew seven, when he says, you know, these people who call me Lord, Lord, you know, they use the right language and, you know, did we not do this in your name? They, they do religious deeds and, and they kind of boast about it, but Jesus ends up saying, I, I never knew you. Right. You know, there, there wasn't that relationship, that knowledge um yeah so that was sort of the fourth misunderstanding and in some ways it are it is a misunderstanding from the christian side but in some ways it's a it's a misunderstanding that people of the world hear when we say christianity is the only way they 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 hear us saying well you think only those who are christians are going to be saved and what we're saying well if by Christian you mean someone has a relationship with Christ, then yes. But but when when you say Christians, you mean people who go to church, people who've been involved in the religion. Mm. And is that distinction at all helpful? Can you help me out? Is there any way to make it clear? Yeah, no, I think yeah. so. I think defining it as the like the because okay, I think it makes sense. It's it's one of those things where it's wishy washy because to as you explained right to have to corporately have a, a group of people who gather together who all have relationships with Jesus so that they can grow, you need leadership and structure and logistics and stuff, Yes, which is pretty much the religious part. But you can have the religious part without that interaction with Jesus that is the foundation, supposed to be the foundation of it. And yes. when, And when you have that, just the logistics and not the heart behind it or something. I don't know if that's the best way of saying it, but that's, that's where the issue becomes. Yeah. That logistics is a good word. Yeah. The um, paraphernalia of Christianity. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that helps make it happen. Mm-hmm. And being a paid religious professional, I'm glad that, that that's there, you know, yeah. like it's needed. Otherwise you don't get to do what I get to do. Um, so and so the third misunderstanding, what, what was that again? That was the, um, that the doctrine of Christian means the doctrine, this doctrine means that Christianity as a religion is always right and that other religions are always wrong. Yeah. Again, that is something I would say that the Christians, we, when we say Jesus is, is um, the only path to salvation, that's not generally what we mean, but I still think it's what people might hear or think based on what we say mm-hmm. and um, and most thoughtful Christians who know much about church history realize that, yeah, we, the, the church has done wrong at times. And mm-hmm. I still, I would argue overall, the church has been a force for good. Um, yeah. How many hospitals are named after saints or um, other Christian, you know, I was in a town where there was there was good the Good Samaritan Hospital and um, Bethesda, both both religious things. You know, it was Christians who invented the idea of hospitals. 
is Christians who invented the idea of, of adoptions and, you know, all the stuff. Um, it, Christians invented the idea of human rights and, mm-hmm. and even, you know, yes, you had the Southern slave owners using the Bible to justify their slavery, but Christianity and the Bible was also the impetus for the abolitionist movement that ultimately spurred our country to fight to, to eliminate slavery. So, mm-hmm. um, so another, I, I don't want to go overboard and say, well, Christianity is horrible in our history. We have some bad moments. Right. Um, I even sort of brought up the crusades, but I'm even not comfortable with that because in some ways the crusades were an understandable desire to support our fellow believers in the East against Muslim invaders in the West, you know, Muslim invaders slowly taking over their territory. Mm-hmm. So in theory, I, I could say, oh, the crusades may have been a good thing in that we were trying to help fellow believers in practice. They were awful. Yeah. Um, the first one was maybe okay. Uh, you know, still a lot of death that maybe could have been avoided, but, but as it went on, they got worse. And eventually, instead of helping the Christians in um, Constantinople, they ended up taking the city for themselves. They ended up fighting against and conquering our fellow Christians instead of the whole point being to help them against anyway. So those are tangents. Um, But the, so any thoughtful Christian knows just because we know Jesus doesn't mean we always have it right in our thinking, our politics and and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be careful or or thoughtful in, in how we approach those things. Yeah. That was a, that was a long rambling answer. There we go. Um, So I I brought up another idea. Mm -hmm. So I have a question again. And it's, it's kind of related to the fourth myth understanding almost the opposite sense of it is, is so, you know, the fourth one was, can, can you have the outward trappings of Christianity, but not really have Christ? Mm -hmm. The fourth one is almost is, can you have Christ, but not have the religious trappings or can God work outside of the official channels of Christianity to bring someone to salvation? Mm -hmm. How do you react to the question itself? Yeah. I mean, my, my immediate answer is that like, yes, like he, he is God. And I've heard of stories and examples. I mean, if you think about if there's, you know, if one Christian is saved in a community type of thing, like there's only one guy, um, then like there is no, whatever, there is no like structure because there's no group. It's just him. Right. But off with. And so at the foundation, yes, you can have a relationship with God that either, you know, doesn't have the, because ultimately, right. Christian Christianity as a religion looks different in America than it does in different parts of the world. Um, Yeah. And how we structure things, where we put our emphasis is the events and stuff that we do. And so, yeah, I think that God can work outside of our humble understanding of what religion looks like and what structures make sense. And uh, Mm -hmm. and I've definitely because let me clarify though, because yeah, it says in Romans how 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 you know you're saved because you believe and believe in your heart, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. Um, And then it says, 
Um, and then how will they hear hmm. unless someone goes and preaches to them? Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and that's a fair verse, you know, like how will they know unless someone goes and the, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So we're given to, you know, proclaim the message. Yeah. So I guess that's sort of the official channels. Right. Um, and I guess I'm envisioning, you know, can, can, God, in a sense, appear to, can Jesus come to people directly, even if they maybe don't even know the name Jesus, they don't have access to the scriptures mm-hmm. or the, the teaching that would help them understand it. And that's what I'm exploring. Yeah, no, yeah. not understanding. Uh, so I know you mentioned in your sermon, especially in the Middle East, the use of dreams. Um, yeah. And I've, I've read several, you know, firsthand testimony books that I don't. I don't have any here. Um, they're all on Long Island, but I've, I've read several stories of people saying like, yeah, this is, this is how it happened in my household. Like it started with okay. one person having a dream and then, you know, eventually others either had dreams or it spread because they would talk about it. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I think that God is a God who knows the heart. Um, and there's a lot of things that, we don't quite understand. And so I think in theory, there could be a way that someone might be able to understand um, that, like who God is and who Jesus is without even enough to, to gain salvation. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. So, but again, in some ways that's not anything we have to worry too much about because if, if we're involved then we have Romans 10, right? Well, yep. tell them about Jesus yeah. and then they'll, he- they'll hear and know. Um, so I, I, I don't want to put any too much weight on it. Cause I don't, you know, it's up to God how he gets to people, but right. it does seem like he's able to do that. And, um, and, ha- and I agree in the Muslim world, it seems like he has been doing that kind of on those lines is, I remember reading for some of the Muslims who, who they would say they've come to believe in Jesus. They won't take the name Christian mm-hmm. because in their culture, Christian means someone from the West who wears blue jeans, yep. you know, and American or whatever. And so it, it you know, we look, is that, are they really Christians? If they won't take the name Christian that, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard similar stories? How do you react to that? Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard of similar stories and even just like, you know, and there's biblical examples of this too, where somebody, if they live in a culture that's dominated by one religion, then, you know, it's the, how, like, okay, Jesus, how do I worship and serve you? Even if like, if I live in a Muslim nation and as a woman, like I would have to have my hair covered, like I become a Christian you know, I don't technically need to anymore, but I'm still going to follow many of the practices from the Muslim religion, just because it's also part of my culture. Um, I don't know. So the fascinating scripture that fits that. Yeah. And I didn't say it, but maybe you're already thinking of name it. I did mention how, you know, God brought salvation to this foreign general from Syria, Naaman. And, and he's talking to Elisha. Mm Mm-hmm. And now Naaman has been healed by God and believes in the Lord, Yahweh. Yep. But he says, 
he says to Elijah, but when I go back to my master, the king, and he wants to lean on my arm as he bows down to Dagon or whatever God Thank they you. worship. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. He says, I have to bow with him. And basically Elijah says, be at peace. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you're worshiping the Lord, even though you're in Dagon's temple. Yeah. Is, so I, I find that intriguing. Yeah. You know? and even, that, go ahead. Even, even Paul, I believe it's Paul, says it where it's like, you know, um, for those of you who are comfortable eating the sacrifice, the food that's sacrificed, like feel free to do so. But for those who aren't, don't. Um, yeah. Because no, here's what I would say. What Paul's saying is saying, if you don't know, oh. if you're just getting it from the marketplace, okay, then eat freely. Don't go with the intention of eating food sacrificed. If you know it's sacrificed to idols, that's a different story. Got it. Because in in Revelation, that's a big deal. Okay. The okay. eating idolatrous food. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, that's, um, but you're, you're right on the point of, you know, don't, 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 you know, God's in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. So if your heart is right, then it's not that, you know, God's not going to be stuffy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I asked if God can work outside and just, I mean, have you seen God? bring salvation to people that you think, well, they would never really get there. You know, that, that, that God's, um, God's at work in ways out in a sense outside what we think of as the normal church way of getting saved, right? You, mm-hmm. you grow up in church or you hear somewhere at church and you go, you know, you go forward at the altar call and, you know, have you seen God work outside of that typical way of, of meeting yeah so this is i was trying to think if i had a personal example or like somebody i knew directly and i couldn't Uh come up with any good ones but there was one so there was a documentary i watched in college it's called nefarious um and it's it's about human trafficking um but the interesting the interesting thing about the story is or about the documentary is that it's done but it's done by a bunch of christians so it it, it first shows the reality of what the slave trade is still like um, today and how it's actually a really big deal. But then it also mm-hmm. shows how God is working in both the, you know, the people who are caught in it, most were in caught in prostitution and also in the people who are selling humans. Um, okay. And so like both of them have, both sides have incredible, they have incredible testimony examples in the documentary. Mm. Um, but there was one that just always stood out to me where it was just like, this woman was a prostitute and, um, you know, due to her life circumstances kind of slipped in, fell into it. And, you know, some people would say like, oh, she chose it, but you know, um, sometimes you get desperate enough that you choose things. And, uh, and she, um, like Jesus just started hanging out with her in her dreams. And so, you know, eventually she, she just became, she just was just like, yeah, like this, this makes sense. Like if, if you're really real and you're really talking with me, then I want this. And, um, and you know, it, her life might not have changed drastically when that happened. Cause she wasn't part of a church, but Jesus met her where she was at. Um, wow. And so, you know, stories like that just remind me that, like, if God can meet somebody like Rahab where they're at, um, or, you know, even 
the um the prostitute in um i don't remember which gospel uh john's gospel though yes yeah yeah and so if jesus can meet all those people when they're at like he can still do that with us today type of thing yeah Yeah, i think your examples i wonder for the people who are especially hurting Mm -hmm. and and oppressed who have no access because people are um the evil being done to them yeah if god has a special concern for them in some way like um that he's not going to leave them out yeah i have two convictions on it that just made me to thinking about it is is one is salvation belongs to our God and he's not going to make mistakes. Right. Mm -hmm. He knows he wants to get to people and he's, he's able to do it in ways we, you know, we're outside of what we could think of. The second conviction is kind of the opposite is that his desire is to, to see Jesus. People come to faith in the son through one of his believers. He wants us to be used. And maybe I, I should have ended with this idea rather than, a little more, but just this, this sense of um, like, that's God's chosen way to, to spread the news of his son <laughs> is by sending out his people into the world, you know, to connect us to people. Now he can work, you know, where we, we can't get it done. He's able to do what he wants to do, but his chosen method is us, you know, the, the broken earthen vessels idea. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's a great story about the, the um, yeah, yeah I'm out of questions. I, I think I am too. Okay. So. <laughs> so this coming Sunday is, is nice. We're gonna, I, looking forward to hear from Mike Sakosha and um, I got to visit with, the um with them and saw the mission and in action and just i i'm very impressed with what they do so i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to hearing just his message on that and maybe we could talk more about ministry to to people in poverty or something next week if um based on what he says sounds good there you go hey. well thanks for hosting jess yes thank you for joining me as always all right till next time <laughs>